G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau, and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, Is It Relevant Today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as dial-up internet? When the first wave of coronavirus started in Victoria, I was constantly keeping track of the worldwide numbers. I'd go to a site called World Odometers and I'd look daily to see at the new numbers of coronavirus in various countries. However, as the first wave died down, I stopped doing this so frequently. And at the time, there were around 100,000 new cases daily worldwide. However, as the second wave has started here in Victoria, I started looking at the numbers again. And just the other day, the numbers were 275,000 new cases worldwide per day. And then I started to think of the impact that this has had on everyone around us. Some have been most severely impacted. They're the ones who've actually lost loved ones. There are others who have lost their jobs and have lost their means of income. I personally know a number of people who have lost their job due to coronavirus. However, to the most of us, coronavirus has essentially been a big nuisance. But I was thinking about this from a biblical perspective, and I was thinking what this means to us according to what the Bible says will happen at the end of times. We are told that in the end times, pandemics, or as the Bible refers to them, pestilences, will increase just like birth pains. However, coronavirus isn't the only thing going on in the world today. We have a huge swarm of locusts around East Africa and into India and Pakistan. You don't hear much about it because coronavirus is what's mainly reported today. But if you do a little internet search, you'll realize that there's a huge plague of locusts. In fact, they started at the end of 2019 and are continuing even to today. And there's an interesting set of words that you find in most places that report this. It goes something like this. It's a plague of locusts of biblical proportions. I thought that was an interesting terminology to use. Biblical proportions. But this is what we're experiencing in the world today. In a number of presentations, we've spoken about the signs of Jesus' return and how they're being fulfilled in the world around us today. We've spoken about wars and rumors of wars, people running to and fro, knowledge increasing, an increased violence, increased sexual immorality, deception and pandemics, earthquakes and floods all around us. All these are increasing just like birth pains, exactly the way the Bible predicted they would just before the end. And the question I have for you today is, are you ready? The greatest event this universe has ever known is about to happen on this earth shortly. And my question for you is, are you ready? If Jesus was to come tomorrow, would you be among the people who were saying, Here is our Lord, we have awaited Him. Or would you be amongst those who are calling on the rocks and mountains to fall on them, to hide them from His face? We are living in interesting times. Stay with us after this song and we'll have a look at the parable of the rich man and Lazarus and see how it applies to us today. Before the throne of God above I have a strong and perfect plea 
a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands, my name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of my guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on Him and pardon me. Behold Him there, the risen Lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness. Great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with Himself I cannot die, my soul is purchased by His blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my on high with Christ my Savior and my God. Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? You're listening to Marius Jigau. Now a few months ago we looked at the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And today we're going to review it from two perspectives. The first thing we're going to do is to have a look at how this parable fits in with our understanding of the afterlife. And the second thing we're going to do is we're going to see how this parable relates to us today. And we're going to start by reading it through. It's found in Luke chapter 16 verses 19 to 31 and it reads, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who laid at his gate desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus sitting in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus received evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. 
And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Now this parable appears to be portraying those in heaven communicating with those in hell. But is that really what it's saying? What if I was to say to you, When I go for a walk, I pass by this tree. It's a bit of a loser. Every time I see it, it just complains. That's all it ever does. It complains. I don't have enough fertilizer. No one waters me. All the kids walk by and break off my branches. After talking to it for a couple of minutes, I just get fed up and say, You know what? I'm glad you're stuck in the ground because I can simply walk away. What if I was to say this to you? What would you think of me? You'd think, well... Marius doesn't just have a few screws loose as we previously thought. It seems the whole chassis is missing. But what if I was to tell you, hang on a minute, trees do talk. The Bible tells us that trees talk. Have a look in Judges chapter 9 verse 8 to 10. It says the trees once went forth to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, should I cease giving my oil with which they honor God and men and go sway over trees? Then the tree said to the fig trees, You come reign over us. It's clear from this passage that trees are talking. You see, the Bible shows that trees can talk. But not only in this passage, if we look at Second Kings 14 verse 9, it says, The thistle that was in Lebanon said to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son as their wife. You see, there's multiple examples of trees that are talking in the Bible. Now, do these passages suggest that trees can talk? No, of course not. It doesn't mean trees can talk. It's a fictional parable trying to portray a real-life moral lesson. Now, when we're looking at parables in the Bible, we need to determine whether they are real parables or whether they are fictional parables trying to portray real moral lessons. As the reason we need to do this is so we don't start going around and talking to trees and expecting them to talk back. Bible parables can be either real or they can be fictional. Now, how do we determine whether a parable is real or whether a parable is fictional? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we're told that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Therefore, this means that all of the Scripture has to fit together. They can't offer any contradictions between themselves and between other passages in the Bible. So the way we determine whether this is a fictional parable or whether this is a true story is we compare it to other parts of Scripture. And that way we can see whether it's real or whether it's fictional. And the way we do this is we see which one offers contradictions. And the one that offers contradictions is obviously the one that's incorrect. If we were to say that this is a fictional story and this offers contradictions, then that's incorrect. And if we were to say this is a real story and that offers contradictions, then the fictional story paradigm must be correct. 
Now stay with us after these songs and we'll examine the point that Jesus was trying to communicate with this parable. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it Mount of thy redeeming
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Marius Jigau and today we're having a look at the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And we're looking at it from two perspectives. First, we're asking ourselves if this was a real-life story or whether it was a fictional story trying to portray a real-life moral lesson, such as the stories of the talking trees in Judges chapter 9. And then we're going to have a look at how this parable applies to us today. We're now asking what was the moral lesson that Jesus was trying to portray in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus? The first thing we need to understand is that Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees. In fact, a few verses earlier in Luke chapter 16, verses 14 and 15, Jesus is addressing the Pharisees and he begins a discussion with them. This parable is spoken directly to them. And essentially what Jesus is saying in this parable is that there was a rich man. Now this rich man represents the Jewish people. But more specifically, it represents the Pharisees themselves. They were wealthy in the knowledge of Scripture. They were wealthy in their understanding of God. And they expected that because of this, they would be going to heaven. But what Jesus does in the parable is, He explains to them that the wealthy Jew may not end up going to heaven as they expected. Instead, he could be going to hell. In contrast, we have Lazarus, who's a beggar begging for the crumbs that fall from the rich man's table. Now, the Jews often refer to the Gentiles as dogs. But this guy was even worse. Dogs were actually licking his sores. And in the parable, he's the one that actually goes to heaven. You see, the Jews expected all the Gentiles to be going to hell. To understand what Jesus was trying to say here, It's important to realize the way that the Jews viewed the afterlife in comparison with the way that the Greeks and Romans viewed the afterlife. You see, the Jews expected that they would be going to Abraham's bosom, meaning they will be going to heaven, because Abraham would obviously be in heaven. However, the Gentiles had a different view of the afterlife. In fact, they believed in a place called Hades, where the evil people went. The Greeks actually had a god called Hades, which the Romans adopted into their culture, and Hades actually became a place. And the god for the Romans was Pluto. He was the overlord in Hades. Now what Jesus does in this parable is really interesting. He does the old switcheroo. The Jews, who were expecting to go to Abraham's bosom, ended up going to the Greek Hades. And the Gentiles, who the Jews expected to be going to hell, were actually going to heaven, to Abraham's bosom. Now let's see if interpreting this parable as a real-life story causes any contradictions. If we are to interpret this as a real-life story, this generates many contradictions in the Bible. One of them relates to what happens when you die. Does the Bible say you go straight to heaven, or does it say that happens when Jesus returns? We have many verses in the Bible that tell us the resurrection of the people who accepted God happens in the last day. One of these verses is found in John chapter 11, verse 24. It says, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But in the parable, you have Lazarus being raised up immediately. 
This offers a contradiction with other passages in the Bible. And it's not just found in John chapter 11 verse 24, it's found in many places such as John 6.39 which says, This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. And in the next verse again it says, This is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Bible tells us in a number of places that the resurrection of the people that have accepted Jesus will occur at the last day. But this is just one of the contradictions you will run into if you want to interpret this parable as a real life event. We also have a contradiction between those who will be judged and punished when resurrected. You see, the rich man is also resurrected immediately. But we're told in Revelation chapter 20 verse 5 that the rest of the dead, meaning those who didn't accept Jesus, did not live again until the thousand years were finished. So here we find that those who are wicked and who will be punished, they won't be raised till after the thousand years are finished. This offers another contradiction with the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And there are many of these contradictions if you want to interpret it as a real-life event. For example, will a drop of water help someone who is being tormented in hell? Or can Abraham raise the dead? You see, the rich man asked Abraham to raise Lazarus from the dead and send him to his brothers. Can those people in heaven communicate with the people in hell? If you want to accept this as a real-life story, well, then you would need to accept that those in heaven are talking to those in hell. It's interesting that I've spoken to a number of people who believe that this parable speaks about real-life events, and none of them believe that those in heaven will be talking to those in hell. However, if you want to interpret this parable as a real-life story, you'll have to accept that as you're experiencing heaven and you're living it up, having the most amazing time, you'll be sitting there listening to the glorious sound of the evil screaming throughout eternity. Now, common sense tells us that this isn't going to happen. There are many issues of contradiction if you want to interpret this parable as a real-life story. The only way for the Bible to correspond with other passages found in the Bible and not to offer contradictions is if you accept this to be a fictional parable trying to portray a real-life moral lesson. But what was this moral lesson that Jesus was trying to portray? We'll find out just after this song. Stay there. 
have 